The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. The Boogie Monster Podcasting the Unknown What's up? Huh? It's Oh, oh, I thought you were talking the- to me. <laughs> I was looking, just looking down, saying, "What's up?" Huh. I don't know, Kyle. Well, I mean, I guess people should know this is recorded in the uh, affectionately labeled learning annex. I like it in here, and the the studio is uh, well, the recorder is mes- resting on a meat wad beanbag chair, <laughs> and we just sit. I'm sitting on an exercise ball, and you're sitting on an old office chair, and we just stare at each other. Yeah. Spe- speaking of Meatwad, uh, shout out to Carl doing, yeah. our, doing our intros. Carl jumping in there, making fun of us a little bit. I think he's making fun of us a I little bit. So. I think bu- so. I expect nothing less. A buddy of mine said, who, who, who do you know that can do a good Carl impression? <laughs> I was like, nah, man. That's Carl. <laughs> That's Carl. That's Carl, dude. <laughs> oh, it's the Boogie Monster Podcast. And uh, if it all goes right, we might talk about... Time travel on this one. Eventually. What? Might be a two-part. I think we're planning on a two-parter. Wait, we've already talked about time travel. We're going to talk about specific. Oh, okay. Well, the, the Montauk experiment. Oh, okay. Montauk and project. sort of the Philadelphia experiment mm-hmm. and a little bit of MK Ultra. It all, it's a real, it's a real uh, chop suey of conspiracy theories. You're putting that, you're putting that stuff in there now. Your sipping sounds. Chop suey. It's real chop suey. Chop suey, not a Chinese dish. Really? Yeah, it's like an American. It's like, that's uh, what I heard about uh, chicken tikka masala. It was invented in England. It's the national like, dish get, of England. Yeah, to get, I think, was it invented by whatever country of origin, but they lived there. They like made it when they were in England to like get people like, come on, our food's good. Mm-hmm. And, Man, uh, I love Indian food. We went to that buffet one time. You went in there like you were trying. You were trying to put them out of business. Man, I go in there like an outlaw, yeah, the Wild West. Yeah, they shut the door. They shut the doors like when they see you rolling into the parking lot, <laughs> flipping over tables, hiding behind it, <laughs> like Antonio Banderas. And, what was that movie? The, the first one, not El Mariachi, but something uh, sexy. Ah, the one with him and Salma <laughs> Antonio. Oh. Yeah, hot stuff. Name that movie. Robert Rodriguez directed it. Called uh, it's called Hot Salsa. Jeez, why can't I remember that? No, I don't well, know. Obviously, didn't make much of an impression. We on don't me. remember a lot of the details. Speaking of chicken tikka masala, I'll throw this out. I don't want to just immediately jump to food, but uh, chicken tikka masala, wonderful dish, very popular dish. Yeah. Don't be afraid of the paneer tikka masala. The cheese. That's the cheese. The cheese. That's that cheese. Very underrated Indian dish. I love them little Trader Joe's oh. uh, things. Yeah. The the Indian packets. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. I eat Good the stuff. fuck out of those. Good stuff. <clears throat> yeah, going back to chop suey. I, I don't think I've ever even got chop suey at a Chinese restaurant. My mom would make chop suey, mm-hmm. which was always, I'm like, you don't even know Chinese people. But she's like, oh, I got a recipe. Which I just realized it's just beef stew with water chestnuts in it. Mm. Just put one one can of water chestnuts. <laughs> Voila! Welcome to the Orient. <laughs> That's all it took in my family oh. was some water chestnuts and about uh, thirty seconds of trying to eat it with chopsticks. Like it's good, it's good Chinese food, Mom. White Midwestern Chinese food. That's it. That's all it took. It's good though. It's tasty. Not gonna not gonna take that away from her. It was a tasty dish. First time I ever had Chinese food. I was about ten years old. My family was not very adventurous when it came to the culinary arts. Uh-huh. So for some reason, like first 10 years of my life, didn't know Chinese food existed. And then someday. <laughs> I mean, there's people. Yeah. What do they eat? Like never ate it. <laughs> Chinese people just go to McDonald's. Yeah. They never came up. A whole culture that never made up their own food. <laughs> and for some reason, when I was about 10, um, my family decided to go. I think a new Chinese restaurant opened mm. in our town. Okay. So out of the blue, we're like, my parents were like, we're going to go eat Chinese food. And I'm like, what's yeah. that? And uh, me, my brother, my mom, my dad, all four of us sit down, Chinese restaurant. Uh, we all ordered chicken fried rice. 
And the guy looked at us like, you guys are so stupid. And he brought four large entree-sized portions <laughs> of go. chicken fried. Or the safest. All right, if we're going to do this, we're just going to stick to something we kind of know. What, what did they think was going to happen when they opened up a Chinese restaurant in Woodstock, Georgia? Co- country, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Four, all four of us. Chicken fried rice. This chicken one here rice. says barbecue, but I don't know if I trust them. <laughs> My family, as long as it's a buffet, oh, that's a big hit. Really? Did you I ever, love did you ever have Ponderosas? Did we talk about Ponderosas? We did before? talk about it. Yeah, and I, I was like, not oh, the biggest it. buffet, but it was just two wings. Of, yeah, we talked yeah. about it. Buffet. I I do love a buffet. I can't. I tried to get my parents to eat Indian food. I got my dad to go out to eat Indian food, and I just found some place near where they live. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, at least you're being adventurous. You know, we could try this stuff, and it sucked. I was like, this shit, <laughs> worst Indian restaurant. Like, All right, that's I, I tried to be. Too big for my britches. Old Big City Kyle came back. Thought we could all enjoy some weird ground <laughs> lamb spread or some shit. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. Failed. My mom won't even eat guacamole because it looks like puke. <laughs> okay, mom. Yes, I assure you, though, it is not puke. It looks like puke. I'm I not can, eating it. My mom feels like fish tacos. It's like, it's just not right. <laughs> like how a Christian would talk about gay people. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just not right. <laughs> My mom's food racist. She's not people racist, but uh-huh. food racist. I remember like my stomach was bothering me. It's like, that's because you keep beating all that Mexican bullshit. I'm like, it's beans and rice. <laughs> what? It's, you think it's the culture's food that's like... I mean, I don't eat well. I understand that, mm-hmm. but... My dad's got a touch of food racism. Yeah. It's not uh, n- nothing racist towards people, but uh, one time he got... He got annoyed at all the raps. Everybody's making rap. Every restaurant, every fast food joint's got a rap. That's just them infiltrating our culture and changing our food. Well, no, not really. What's a, what's that's a weird thing to be upset yeah, just, about. Why is why so many tortillas? A convenient way to eat mm-hmm. food. Yeah. It's not. That's 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 them taking over. Well, how's he feel about sandwiches? <laughs> Sandwich he's okay with. This is just a rolled sandwich. Yeah, but it's just... Literally. It's the, a wrap. The That's concept what... of the tortilla just infiltrating <laughs> every fast food joint. But he loves it if it's called flatbread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when did pizzas start being called flatbreads? Yeah. That's uh, I don't like it anytime. Try one of our flatbreads. You mean to... shitty pizza? Yeah. Yeah. I mean weird, weird misshapen pizza. Mm-hmm. That's just because you fucked up a circle... And now you can call it a flatbread. Like, nah, we're all right. Yeah, you're just changing the expectations. It's just like a spoken word artist who doesn't have the balls to do stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, Henry w- Rollins. I like Henry Rollins, by the way. I love Black Flag and all that stuff. I went and saw him years ago do spoken word. And he was it was stand-up comedy, but not very good. And it was yeah. three and a half hours long. He performed three and a half hours. And it was like, dude, you're, you're trying to be funny. Like, they were stories, and it was somewhat humorous, but it's yeah, like... if you take the comedy word out of the yeah. description, it's an excuse to be kind of boring. Exactly. I don't, I don't like that. Well, thank God. Thank God we got our spoken word podcast here. <laughs> what do we do today? We, we had Gus's today. Don't we, have, we praised him enough. Both finally sat down for a meal there. Man. Hot dog. That was good stuff. How good was that? Real good stuff. Perfect okay. amount of spiciness. Yeah. Good mm. chicken. Gus's. Apparently, there's a lot more locations than yeah. I thought. Because yeah. on the cup that you stole, they had a listing of them. We could have brought it down here. They're all over the place. Give it a shot. Real good stuff. I assumed that that was a plastic cup as a souvenir cup. I must. I just assumed that I can take that I, with me. I wouldn't. That's. I wouldn't have assumed. Yeah. Well. It's I mean, mine now. Yeah, I know. I saw you to take it out of there. I was like, they're gonna they're gonna ban you from here, and it's gonna be the worst. Uh, but what? Happened? I got back from Austin. I had some. Yeah. Uh, I had at the Texas Chili Parlor, which I like. I like the idea of the parlor and then it being chili, mm-hmm. like kind of a you know like a saloon, like a chili saloon. <laughs> um, it was good. I've been there a few times. Big old like. Why is it like when a roach is real big, it's called a water bug? Like it's get it's a cuter name. Mm-hmm. Either way, a water bug ran across my table while I was eating. Really? But I was kind of like I was like, ah, it's a parlor. It's a parlor. Yeah, You're I didn't even get that. It just caught me off guard because I was so hungover. It How big was across. it? I'd say about an inch and a half long. It was big. Like it, 
wasn't even a shoeable size. Like mm. I tried to like brush it away with the with the menu, and it kind of was just annoyed. Like if you would have killed it, you'd have had to get a mop. That's yeah. When they're big, like they're so big, like that's their defense is I don't want to deal with that mess right now. Yeah, and so you gotta like. I found one in my house, and I think I just sprayed it with Febreze to death. Oh, like I it was in my shower, and I Febrezed it to death because that's what I like. I was using chemical warfare on it because I didn't want to deal with the goop. Going back to chili, what's your thoughts on chili? What uh, what do you like? What are my thoughts on chili? Yeah, like- uh, I like all of it. Uh-huh. Um, they had some of that, like oh, the white bean and. Hatch chilies, they call oh, them. Oh, the green, the green hatch yeah, chilies. Yeah, yeah. I they love had some of that. Yeah. They gave me some. I got the little spicy beef and bean chili down there. Mm-hmm. I like, as I've said, I've said it in in in, in the act before. I'm getting sick of world famous chili. Chili's always <laughs> got to be some sort of like. Why is it always a, a, a fame quest? Yeah, with chili. Why yeah. can't chili just be proud? Yeah, you know, give me just a proud in, in, of who it is, chili. Mm-hmm. But it's always like it's famous. Ours is fam- it's always fam- you can't all be famous. So sometimes just be good. That's uh, that's a, like, that's for life too. That goes mm-hmm. out to everybody trying stand up. Don't worry about being famous. Worry about being good. Stand up, chili, cross great, the board. Great point. Great point. Now, Texas chili is sans beans. So, do you like the beans or do you like the Texas style? I like a bean. Give me some fiber in there. You give me uh-huh. a lot of beef. Give me some fiber in there. Have you had my chili? <clears throat> I don't think I had. You said that with. It's a little premature to get into the recipe portion of the show, but let me throw this out there real quick. I think I bragged to you about this off the air one time. I like. Okay, I don't mind a bean in the chili. You got a recipe coming up. Yeah. Recipe alert. Yeah. I don't mind the last beans. Four, I think the last four episodes have had recipes. Oh yeah, I get, dude, I'm I'm always cooking. And somebody, I don't forget the name, but but uh, a listener sent in a, a recipe for breakfast chili, which we should we got to get on that. More prepared, I would share that right now. All right, real quick, I like the bean flavor. Sometimes the starch and the bulkiness of the beans slows me down, fills me up. I like a good Texas style <laughs> chili that's just meat. I want a chili that I could run a marathon mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah, I don't want it to slow me down, but I do like the flavor of the bean. And I'm sure somebody somewhere has done this before, but I'm going to take credit for it because I came up with came up with it on my own. Uh, what's the word? Accord. Know. Accord. There we go. Take them beans. All right. You puree them. Blend them up in a blender. Puree them, and then add that to the pot. So you got that bean flavor without those big chunky beans slowing you down. Boom. You can have that. Fucking. <laughs> Yep. It's still beans. Yeah, it's still beans. It's still the same thing. But you're not the texture. You don't have you're not biting through a bean and just I don't know. Puree the beans, throw it in there. You got twelve beans and you whip up twelve beans mm-hmm. into a paste. You're still eating the same twelve beans. Well, it's the same concept of eating a giant salad or a smoothie. You can suck that smoothie down a lot easier than you can eat a whole bowl of salad. You're still getting the same contents. But they're delivered so. in a different so form. like a bean dip. Kind of like a bean, yeah. Kind of a bean dip incorporated into chili. And I use ground beef and pork sausage in my Texas style I chili. Wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think anything less. Either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's, that's not even today's recipe. That's a, that's a freebie right there. <laughs> that's a bonus episode. Mm-hmm. Can you put seafood in chili? I imagine you could. I've never heard of it done. I guess it's like a gumbo. I remember being a kid and just my, my friend... Say like his dad would cook meals, but clearly had no idea what he was doing. And him just one day going like, "Chili with shrimp in it." Hmm. Like, what are you doing, man? Like him just him just perplexed by his own father. Like, who put shrimp in chili? Which I'm sure could be good mm-hmm. if in the hands of a capable chef. Going, I understand why these flavors would bounce off. Mm-hmm. But clearly, my friend's dad was just a guy like like chili, like shrimp. Put them together, <laughs> which is my approach to cooking. Yeah, entirely. Did well, I talk about? I talked about that frittata I made last. Night. You did. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I had that. I had a uh, last night still in Austin, Texas. I had a uh, was a food cart right next to the Mohawk and Arlo's. I think it was called Arlo's. And as we're walking by, you know, had drinks, had full of beer and everything, leaving. And somebody's like, "Well, that's we're gonna go get pizza." I was like, "Well, that's a vegan place. It's good though. You wouldn't realize." I'm like, "Yeah, hey, can we try it out?" And I had a 
bacon cheeseburger, vegan bacon cheeseburger that was like I was convinced there was no way it was vegetarian. Really? Bur- like burger pack. Man, I like vegetarian food, but the mm-hmm. burgers always suck, man. They're always a letdown. I always opt for the if I'm going to go that route, I'll take a black bean burger over just a veggie patty. You got you like them beans. Yeah. Dave likes them beans. Mm-hmm. Again, but, not in traditional bean form. You got <laughs> like beans. I just need them different. Mm-hmm. I just need them to be something else. <laughs> so Austin was good, though. Good show. Austin was a good time. Lovely yeah. town. Friendly people. Worked with Neil Hamburger. Mm-hmm. He's a real fun guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a good show. Man, <clears throat> I tried to convince you to go to Franklin. And you just weren't having it. Man, fuck that. I'm not going to sit for three hours in line for food. For the best barbecue possibly on the face of the earth? I'm not going to wait three hours for the best anything well, if it's something that I can get the second best of in 20 minutes. Well, that's an odd way to live your life, Kyle. It's, a, it's an efficient way to live my life. Mm-hmm. You want the best of and you're mm-hmm. willing to wait in line? And enjoy having three of the best things in the world before you die. Mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy hundreds of the second best things mm-hmm. because... What? Like, no. three? No. No. No? no. Because, also, because I know me, I'm not going to get to the end of that line after three hours and be like, finally, this is going to be great. I'm going to be like, this sucks. Like, there's no flavor that you're going to put in my mouth and be like, oh, thank God, I just wasted three hours of my life. See, don't look at it as wasting. Look at it as like a tailgate party. People bring uh, lawn chairs, coolers of beer. You know, I'm going to get at a tailgate party, pretty good barbecue. Yeah. You're not going to get anything like that. I don't give a shit, man. It's... Mm -hmm. What? Why is it three? No, it's hype. It's all hype. Granted, I've never been there. All right. But I am going in a few weeks on my way back on my tour, right. my cross-country journey back. I'm going to detour several hours just to go to Austin and get some of that Franklin brisket. What food brisket. right now would you wait three hours for? Franklin brisket? Really? Yeah. My, ch- my chili. My biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> Dave makes the best biscuits and chili, and you can come over and sit there for three hours while he makes them. Mm-hmm. I just, no, I can't. Food is in abundance, in abundance in this country, and I can get the food that I need to survive. Mm-hmm. And flavor is a nice luxury on top of having an abundance of food and the ability to pay for it. So when somebody's like, oh, you want to wait three hours for this? Like I, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense that I would, I'll do plenty of my own dumb. Sh- I'll watch a whole Sunday's worth of Bar Rescue. <laughs> I'll sit and watch six hours mm-hmm. of that weird, like eyelidless Muppet lawyer-looking guy just scream at poor bar employees. Yeah. Of just shit bars. Like, there's like always dive bars and double wide trailers, and they come in like, you need to learn how to properly pour a martini. It's like nobody in this meth filled dungeon gives a fuck <laughs> about like your, your, uh, your grilled artichoke cream cheese poppers. Like, nobody, <laughs> all you're doing is just making all the cokeheads in this dump paranoid. Every time you come into one of these places, it's just, you can just tell the drug addicts are like, fuck, we gotta find somewhere else to go. So, and I'll watch that. I'll watch every formula. But to just stand there waiting for food. Yeah. I forgot I was talking to the guy that willingly paid money for a 7-Eleven hamburger bite, cheeseburger bite. I needed it, and it was immediate. I mm-hmm. got it right. I wanted it now. I mm-hmm. got it now. It's true. See, that's what you get when you're not willing to wait for good food. Uh, all right, man. I think, I think <laughs> we're not going to come to an agreement. You go wait in line, and mm-hmm. you tell me how that holds up to blood sows. Yeah, blood sows is me. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, many, I get it. I get it. How many meals... Could you eat a blood cells in three hours? <laughs> Man, I, yeah, that's a good point. All right, I could just, just saying. I could cycle through it. <laughs> well, you want to talk about your, your fried oyster po' boy? Oh, man. Did you yeah. make that or you buy that? What did you do with that? I bought that. Should I talk? Should I talk? Which one? Should I talk about my biscuits and gravy? I talked about biscuits last time. I talked about I was going to make them. Well, then I did make them. You made them. And I made my famous sausage gravy. 
Uh, do you want to hear that or the biscuit Fucking or the or the po boy? It's not famous. It's good. Yeah, it's no, it's famous. <laughs> <laughs> it's famous. It tried to shoot Reagan. I did come. I, I've been making biscuits and gravy for many years, and it just dawned on me to the put other the day. Gravy on top of the biscuits. Oh no, Dave's no. a little slow. <laughs> it just—I can't believe I never noticed it till the other day when I was making both items. Essentially. They're the same thing, but it, one's a solid, one's a liquid. A biscuit primarily is flour, butter, and milk. Gravy yeah. is flour, butter, and milk. I mean, yeah, you throw in some spices, some salt and pepper and whatnot, but it's. It, I never made that connection. Just the amounts? Yeah. It's, um, well, one, one, one you form into a solid and bake, and the other is more of a, you know, kind what of. What happens a, if you bake the gravy? Oh, man. Interesting. You just stick that pot of gravy into the oven. Just got some weird giant gravy ball. <laughs> I'm just, like I said, I'm the idea guy. You know, I don't know yeah. the science behind it. Yeah. Speaking of not knowing the science behind anything, do you want to talk about subjects? Man, this one, <laughs> this one's going to be a doozy. This one got to wait. I mean, this one. All right. At this first, is... we're going to talk about the Montauk Project. Mm-hmm. But then you more, which is based on a very popular show, Stranger Things. So, or, no, the, the, the show is based on the yeah. thing. Yeah. And, um, oh, man. <laughs> oh, I still got a lot, of, had, a lot of Austin coming that up. That had a drop D on that one. Yeah. It <laughs> came down. <laughs> <laughs> that had some. Oh, yeah. Uh, the uh, and so we started researching that, but then that ties into the Philadelphia experiment, mm-hmm. and all that also ties into MK Ultra and experimenting on human uh, on humans and psychic warfare, which mm-hmm. also goes into Operation Paperclip, which is the U.S. bringing all the scientists over from Germany after World War II mm-hmm. and empl- empl- employing them, forcing them to work here. Like this one's. <laughs> Never ending. Like, there's no end to this subject. It's so. like an onion. It's got a bunch of layers, and the more you peel it back, the more it stinks. That's not me. That's somebody. Was Seinfeld, it? maybe? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, those- I was going to be like, you're like, it's an onion. I'm like, you can finish an onion. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> Speaking Plus, of, I'll eat an onion like... You like, like onions. I love onions. You told me about the uh, onion spaghetti. You like to slice them thin. I, I yeah, like, like I noodles. slice them thin like noodles. I put them in that the Trader Joe's Indian food. I slice them so thin, and just basically use onions like noodles. I smell like I'll just emit onions. I eat onions. I've said it before. I eat I eat onions like a dust bowl orphan. Like just <laughs> like this is the only thing that grows in the dirt uh, of the barren field we live on, and I love them. I love onions too. Can't get enough of them. I mean, just grill them up. I mm. think they're good for your heart. No, yeah. I have no idea. The more you eat them, the more you fart. Is that? I don't no, have. That's the beans. That's the beans. Mm-hmm. I don't have onion. Like, oh, my my health ideas, like my homeopathic remedies. Like, I think hot sauce and a good scare is good. Is like that's healthy. Mm-hmm. Did you you had, did you have the old joke that you had to take care of yourself like a civil war? Yeah. That, that was your joke from like years ago. Right? Yeah, I got the same healthcare plan as a Confederate soldier. <laughs> it was based on a true story of when I uh, I got I get kidney stones about once yeah. every two years I'll get a kidney stone attack, and uh, the first time I got them I went to the ER but with no health insurance. Mm-hmm. Three weeks later I got a bill for six thousand dollars and I was like yeah <laughs> good luck collecting on that. So uh, subsequently every time I get them um, I found a uh, home remedy online. And this is true. Um, Pureed asparagus, distilled water, and cola, and you got to drink all in an hour. Sounds like how you like get rust off a bumper. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't oh, that's a good one. Uh, but yeah, in an hour span, you have to drink is uh, three pounds of pureed asparagus, up to a gallon of distilled water, and two liters of cola, and oh, then Jesus. they encourage me to jump up and down occasionally to kind of loosen it up. <laughs> And it works. It, it, yeah. It, uh, without that, it can take up to 36 hours to pass a kidney stone. 
when with this concoction, it just flushes it right out of there in about an hour or two. <laughs> flushes everything. Yeah, right? it seems yeah. like. And in this same pamphlet that I bought online, there were multiple remedies. One was the watermelon remedy, and this is totally true. They wanted me to sit in a warm bath and eat as much watermelon as I could possibly stomach <laughs> and pee it out in the bathtub. Like they, for some reason, they were like, "Just, just don't be getting in and out of the bathtub. Just sit sit in a tub of your own urine eating watermelon." And usually you have to pay a girl for that. But uh. I think you went to the same hospital as a Confederate soldier. <laughs> I think they, they haven't updated their their knowledge. Yeah. That, the jumping up and down, that was my mom. If like you had gas, it was always like, jump up and down. Really? I just remember being a little kid, <laughs> not feeling well, but just hopping around my kitchen like... <laughs> Oh, and another funny. buddy, there's that thing where, like, if you take a shit, you're supposed to put your feet up. Is that what the squatty like, potty's all yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, And it's supposed to, like, align the base of your spine more. Huh. Like, we're not <clears throat> modern society. Like, that's why everybody swears by those Turkish toilets where you got to squat over them. But I had a buddy I used to work with who said he would do it, but he would just do it by putting his hands up straight in the air over his head. And like a hallelujah pose. I'm like, so every time you take a shit, it just looks like you're on a roller coaster. So, yep. I throw out a little yay. And I really get it just aligns its whole torso the right way. I'm wow. Like, All right. I mean, this might turn into now home remedies, too. Mm-hmm. Urban legends, recipes, and home remedies. Yeah. We are really turning into a couple of weirdos. <laughs> if you got the farts, jump up and down. Ghosts are real. And here's Dave with a new uh, recipe about French onion eggs. <laughs> this is turning into some real... Cable access weirdo <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, anyway, to the to the subject at hand though. Mm. So the the Montauk project. This is something I've heard about for years, but I never really looked into it. I had known about the Montauk monster. Do you know about that? That was something that didn't that wash up. And... It's a weird creature that washed up on the shore of Long Island, probably oh eight, oh nine, something yeah. like that. And I I don't know if they ever concluded what it could have been at the time when it first happened people were completely perplexed there's just google montauk monster you'll see all these crazy images it looks it's just this weird little kind of looks like a hairless dog meets a raccoon just this weird little bloated purple hairless creature that's what i'm amazed that people can't tell what a animal is without its hair on. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought there'd be enough science now to be like, oh, yeah, the way the teeth and the jaw shape, that's clearly yeah. this. I think initially some people speculated that it was a, a hairless raccoon, but I don't know. It didn't didn't look like a raccoon to me. But that that was the extent of my Montauk knowledge. But uh, I, I'd heard of the Montauk Project, but, uh, man, so we dove into it this week with some extensive yeah. research. and it's insane how vast and complex there was no line to follow it was like a ski hill i was like i guess i'll just go down oh i'm going left now i'm gonna go this way now i'm gonna go over yeah. here like it was every little link you could click on went to some other area mm-hmm. and some other person claiming to be one of the abductees or yeah. one of the time travelers from it i mean okay just to jump into it uh to set it up uh, montauk project was a series of research projects conducted at montauk air force base also known as uh, camp hero it's on the eastern tip of Long Island, and these experiments were an extension of the controversial, like you said, Philadelphia experiments, in which the Office of Naval Research employed Einstein's unified field theory to make the USS Eldridge invisible to enemy radar. And they tried that, and apparently it vanished. The USS Eldridge vanished from the time-space continuum for a few seconds back yeah, in 1943. It showed up in Norfolk, Virginia, mm-hmm. and then went back. Yeah. Yeah, for just a few seconds. And uh, when it came back, all the... Yeah, let's talk about that yeah, for a second. Yeah, all the seamen were uh, just disoriented. Some of them were yeah. lodged into yeah, the they bulkhead. Were like, they were like pimento loafed into the <laughs> boat itself. Like a bunch of head cheese. <laughs> yeah, that experiment. Uh, Who, like... <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Just the concept, like... And we, I, I made this point on our time travel episode, but like... I didn't think we made any points on that. <laughs> just all this just – and I'm admitting, this just sounds like complete science fiction. Yeah. But I now believe that there's some truth to some of this stuff. Well, and that's – what we were talking before we started this, that 
if you believe that, uh, of course, the Nazis experimented on people mm-hmm. and the horrible things that they did, but yeah. that also with human experimentation and joy division, trying to create the perfect race, mm-hmm. they did that and they were evil. And then when World War II is done, we took those scientists. Yeah, and Project did the same thing. Like, yeah. So why could you believe, yes, the Nazis were evil and it was terrible and I can't believe they would do that. But then if it's something happening here, like, oh, no, that sounds silly that we would do something like that. We wouldn't experiment on our own people and stuff like that. Yeah, f- f- of course we could. Yeah. But it's, it's just like I imagine just being a scientist that just pulls the trigger on that. Like, yeah, I'm going to make this boat disappear. And then it comes back and you're just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> Like I listen, I, there was a chance it wasn't going to work, but this really, oof! <laughs> I think I'm going to get fired. Okay, and here's where it gets even crazier. <clears throat> on the boat, where uh, there were several dudes on this boat, but two of them, this guy named Duncan Cameron, uh-huh. he was a psychic trained by the NSA in the technique of virtual realization, and he was a project in this Philadelphia experiment. And then there's this other guy named Al Belick. Uh, he's a he's a physicist. Yeah, uh, and he was he was on the boat. Okay, this is a story that they have told. All right, once they slipped into the they slipped into the you know they broke the the time slip there. Yeah, people started to panic. They didn't. You know, it's just. Can you imagine? And they were safe actually, because they were like in the center of the boat, surrounded by steel. Yes, but but they what? they panicked and got scared and they jumped overboard. Yeah. All right. They jumped overboard, and this is their account. They never hit water. They kept falling and falling and falling, and they a few seconds passed, and boom, they landed in 1983 in on the Montauk Air Force Base in the Montauk Air Force Base. Oh, so there was a guy there to meet them. They jumped. They they jumped out of the boat and landed 40 years forward in time, and yeah. then. I, I, this is still fuzzy. I don't know how much time they spent in 1983, yeah. but apparently, Reader's Digest version, the people at Montauk Air Force Base in 1983 was then like, nah, y'all got to go back. And somehow they went back. Well, because they had to send them back because then they – this this okay, this is why there's so many differences. Didn't they know they were coming because now it's 1983 and they know it's the Air Force, it's part of the military that knows that experiment happened? Yeah, because that's the one version I read. I told you it was like I could have gotten a more cohesive story out of a sixth grader or like a six-year-old. Because it was like, and then he went back, but then he had to come back again to the future. But then they had him, but like because he stayed there, he got old fast because he wasn't from the future. He's from back then, so he got old. So they took they took his brain and they put it in a baby so he actually was a baby for a while but then the baby was smart because it was an old guy I was like what the fuck and it was that's my problem with some of these theories like I want to read something that looks give me some decent presentation on mm-hmm. your website don't end every sentence with an exclamation point yeah like that was when I was reading and then yeah. it was just like oh, what like you're not I need I want the source to be Reliable, mm-hmm. like that's why. Like, if I see crooked bumper stickers for presidential candidates, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not voting for whoever that is, because your 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 fans are idiots. You should write that down. That's oh, funny. It's a good premise. <laughs> it is though. Like, oh, vote for Hillary, but then it's like all lopsided. You're like, fuck this idiot. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> but yeah. So it's hard to tell because then that guy. Because yeah, the Duncan wasn't there then a junior, which. Okay, this Duncan Cameron, and I still, again, so much of this is fuzzy because it's just, it's never ending. Like, you could spend yeah. a month, 24 yeah. hours a day researching this crap, and just new stuff keeps popping up. All right, this Duncan Cameron dude, I don't even know how to explain <laughs> it. So, all right, there's an interview. I think it was around the early 90s. It's on YouTube. All right, it's hosted by this guy. Let me go ahead and throw this dude out here. Um, Preston B. Nichols. All right, Preston B. Nichols was a scientist and electronics engineer, um, and he was the assistant director of the Montauk Project, some of the research projects going on at Montauk from 1970 to 1983. There's an interview with Preston Nichols kind of giving the overview of, of all of this, mm-hmm. and sitting next to him is, is Duncan Cameron, but again – Early 90s, 
And Duncan Cameron, just estimating it, probably mid forties. Looks like he just looks like, like he's in his mid forties. Average looking white dude, mid forties. Apparently, the guy sitting there is Duncan Cameron, and he's like, "Yeah, Duncan here. He was one of the guys on the uh, on the Eldridge back in, in the Philadelphia four, in experiment. Yeah, in forty three. And then Nichols even makes reference to the fact that well, he was uh, he was on the Eldridge back in forty three with the Philadelphia experiment. Well, not in this body, in a previous body. And then Duncan's just sitting there like, mm-hmm, yep. So. So something happened with old Duncan Cameron Even where if it's he a was. Hoax, yeah, I got to give it to him for keeping the story straight. Yeah, yeah. So, and then not to mention this uh, Belick guy, Al Belick. This dude again. We could do a whole episode on just Belick. Fascinating yeah. dude. Again, like I said a few minutes ago, he was him and Duncan Cameron were the two dudes that jumped overboard and landed in 1983. Mm-hmm. Well, Belick, his story is never ending. He claims to have gone to the year 2137. He does a PowerPoint presentation with Google Maps telling what happened, what the Earth yeah. looks like in 2137 with great detail, great confidence, very thorough. He's just like, oh, yeah, Los Angeles is half of the size of what it was in 2010. And What did he do? Like, Did he spend a lot of time? He spent like – I'm just pulling this out of my ass. I think I read he spent like a couple of weeks – in 2137 and he Spring goes yeah, he goes he goes over the globe you know with these maps and just tells what the ge- mm. the geography of the world in 2137 so these dudes man i mean it's it goes deep it's well it's also one story that if it's all a bunch of nuts mm-hmm. they've all Gone to this one thing. It's like aliens would be like, well, I was in one of the cigar shaped UFOs. I was in a circular UFO. But these guys are like, no, this project, like, we're all part of this one project. How is it? That's why I got to figure out, like, is it denied by the government? Because the the Eldridge was decommissioned. They used it and they sold a grease and it went to scrap, like, in 2009, I think. Uh huh. So they scrapped the boat. If there's people in the boat, that's like another one of those things. Like, all right, if this thing traveled through time, this boat and mm-hmm. had people fused into it, is it still that there's so much money? Like, we gotta just scoop scoop the bits of people out and still use the boat. Well, and that's a good point. As far as okay, when right after that happened with the Philadelphia experiment, mm. they then. Put all their efforts into trying to figure out what just happened. Okay, how did we do that? Yeah. We kind of knew what we were doing. We didn't know exactly that would happen. So then they did a lot more research. Well, they were just trying to make it invisible. They were trying to make invisible it invisible to, to enemy radar. Yeah, that was the whole purpose. Uh, that was their objective. Okay, and then for for a few years after that, they continued to tweak with like cloaking and invisibility and even time travel. <laughs> And they still did more. A yeah, boat yeah. came back with people hanging out of the sides of it, and they're like, "Ah, we're close. Yeah, <laughs> we, we're, we got to give. We need another boat and uh, <laughs> another and a few brave men." <laughs> and at the time, it was funded by the federal government, but I assume with any project of that magnitude, the government's got to know where the dollars are going. So they had to, you know, there was reports and expense reports, and they yeah. had to prove the, the the paper trail and the money. Well, eventually, uh, Congress was like, wait a minute, what? Y'all did what? What's happening? Uh, no, we can't fund that anymore. <laughs> so they cut off funding, and then somehow— We made a king cake out of one of our new <laughs> ships. So, then, uh, so this is where it starts to take kind of a dark underground turn here. Uh, they then somehow got funding— to continue this project, and yeah. they kept it on the down low, hiding it from, from Congress. I feel like the military is always going to get the money that it wants. Yeah. Like, no matter what, no matter Congress, that's a puppet show for the citizens. Mm-hmm. Well, the military wants the money. They're going to have the money. And that this then segues into the speculation of maybe it was funded by the Illuminati, oh, the New yeah. World Order. There was some sort of secret funding to this project, which then leads us all the way to the late 70s, early 80s, the Montauk Project. Yeah. Now, the Montauk Project, all right, it was kind of an extension of the Philadelphia experiment. 
And apparently they had two primary objectives with the Montauk Project. Time travel, or time warp, time manipulation, and mind control. Yeah. This is where it gets real dark. Yeah, and that's like the MK Ultra MK stuff. MK Ultra stuff. I mean, dosing people with acid and f- like trying to break down their brains. Oh, or... it's crazy. I mean, all right, for this chapter, I re- I don't even know how to get into it, but I mean, there was some sinister stuff going on at this Montauk Air Force Base. All right, mind control in the sense that they were, I guess. Kind of what the, obviously what the Nazis were doing, yeah, ex- using humans to as guinea pigs, but mind control. They they wanted young boys. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they kidnapped thousands in just a few years. I, I don't know the exact yeah. like I think it was like seventy eight to about eighty three yeah, somewhere in yeah, that time. New York City. There's a lot of like like tra- transient kids. Yeah, and, uh, just two hours away. Kids. Yeah, uh, Montauk Air Force Base, about two hours mm-hmm. east of New York City. So they had all these ideas for human experimentation, mind control. So they were like, "Hey, let's go kidnap a bunch of a bunch of young boys." So yeah, uh, transients and homeless kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. Literally, apparently, allegedly, literally thousands of kids they kidnapped, and then they held them against their will. They took them to the Air Force Base and all kind of experiments. And not just experiments, but with the objective of mind control, it was – they were trying to what they call deprogram. Yeah, break them down. Break them down. And then you can, like, have a blank slate to program yourself. Exactly. The one I was uh, reading – was it the Albion? It was Hammer. So they were putting needles into his – ears and genitals to basically cause you so much pain that you separate your mind from your body. Like yeah. The supreme level of pain where all of a sudden you can almost compartmentalize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really just uh, breaking them down mentally and physically. And I'll jump ahead to one of the purposes here. Um, this, I mean, it's insane. They, all right, you know, you've heard of the pine, pineal gland. Pineal I never, gland. Yeah. pineal, I can never pronounce it. All right. The pineal gland it excretes a chemical called adrenochrome, adrenochrome, and uh, it's a body and mind enhancer, and it can be extracted from a human and later injected into another human for the purpose of mind control. You know how I know about that is from uh, the uh, fear and loathing. Oh, yeah. Remember, that's what he has. It's like supposed to be like... It's like pure adrenaline. Like yeah, it gives you the most. Yeah, <clears throat> pure adrenaline. Like that's that's it from a from a human gland. Like mm-hmm. So that's how. So what they would do, they take some of these boys, and they just beat the shit out of them, just torture them, beat them, mm-hmm. rape them. They did all. It's just horrible, horrible, dark stuff to these boys, and some of them, uh, they would escalate their level of fear they would mm-hmm. want when the time was right when they decided to really pull this little trick i'm about to explain when they tried to pull this off they 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 take a they take a subject they just beat them scare them intimidate them brainwash them and um that height of fear fear causes that that pineal gland to excrete so you're more most, yeah you're at your most adrenaline you're yes, most charged up exactly so when they get them to that highest level of adrenaline and to produce uh, excrete the most amount of adrenal chrome they then kill them, or as they called it, sacrifice them, yeah. and then simultaneously extract harvest. that adrenal chrome. Yeah, harvest the gland. Yeah, harvest that gland. <laughs> like they kill them, and then almost simultaneously yeah. extract that, and then that was like their current. That was like better than gold to them. Well, and then they could put that in someone else. Yes. So then, yeah. So they would they would take this one subject and, and kill him and extract the adrenal chrome, and then later put that into another subject mm-hmm. who it was speculated that that subject was then sent back out into society yeah. as possibly like a Manchurian candidate type yeah. dude. And uh, they say, they speculate that there's either was or is up to a hundred thousand dudes yeah. out there right now that, that are like Manchurian that candidates. be programmed to do stuff. Be programmed to be assassins, spies. If you want to go back to the New World Order thing about population control and all of a sudden you're like, you know what, we just got to get rid of a whole lot of people and you got an army of 100,000 people that nobody knows that they're part of this army. Oh, here you go, everybody. <clears throat> Now's your plans. That was the other thing. That got, something that hit me up. Like I talk about like in other versions of mind control 
just for the populace of just, you know, the fluoride in the water. I don't know if about the fluoride thing. What they say? They put that in there to make the tea stronger, to make everybody's mm-hmm. tea stronger. Like the one moment of, uh, hey, we're the government. We want you to have uh, good teeth. You know, you guys, you guys should have some good teeth. I mean, we're still going to drive around with mosquito foggers and all this other stuff. But you guys uh, have good teeth. Yeah. Well, and there's things like that in between, like aluminum and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I see everybody is becoming antennas. Like everybody is becoming like metallicized in a way. Yeah. With 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 metal in them, between like food additives and stuff, they put aluminum and stuff they put in food. Yeah. And then you think about every cell phone tower and every TV tower. It's oh, oh I don't know. It's like if I truly believe it, then I'll have to be terrified for the rest of my life, you know? Well, my family thinks I'm an idiot, but I won't get a vaccine as an adult. I I won't get a flu shot. Yeah. And I I know that sounds very Jenny McCarthy, but the point being, I don't don't trust the – I'm not just going to put something that the government tells me to put in my body. You know what? I don't – I've never gotten a flu shot either. Yeah. I also haven't gotten the flu. Me neither. So, well, knock on wood, though. Yeah. Hey, I don't believe, uh, I think the government's in control and we're, knock on wood, superstitious. Like, I still have my own things. But, yeah, I, I, but I, I sat next to a, uh, a virologist, like a guy who studies viruses mm-hmm. on, on a plane once. And it was like, oh, wow, so you're the one, you know, bird flu, R1N1, whatever, coming through. He's like, yeah, we're busy with researching these things and how they spread i'm like so uh so flu shots what's up with the flu shots he's like get a flu shot <laughs> <laughs> like, all right I'm like yeah but you work for the government yeah and i'm sure I, i'm probably wrong but it's just like mm, why would i just voluntarily let the government inject me with something that i'm not quite sure mm. what it is i'll take my chances I'll I'll have some vitamin C. I'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, I was vaccinated when I was younger for mm-hmm. you know, polio. Yeah, you and all have that to. Stuff. Yeah, but that's the thing. You have to. But then why? Well, then there's like schools that won't let the kids come if they're not mm-hmm. vaccinated and stuff. It's I, I could see both sides of it. I could mm-hmm. see both sides of it. Depends on my mood that day. Mm-hmm. If I'm in the mood of like, yeah, of course the government's programming us, and I'm not even turning on my cell phone today, and why does Google always want to know my location? Where are mm-hmm. you, Google? And all this other shit. Yeah, I'm not getting a fucking flu virus, but then it could be I'm walking around and pretty sick and sneezing and everything. I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to yeah. flu shot. No, I, <laughs> so I, I see both sides mood. of it. Yeah, I, I agree. But it's just that's just the one little thing where I've been like, nah, I'll take my chances. I'm not. I'm not just going to blindly let the government inject me. Not yeah. anymore. I, I know they already have dozens of times as, as a child, but as an adult, nah, yeah. I'm good. Well, it's when they oddly do jump out to be like, look, we're taking care of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're shooting wastewater under the ground, causing earthquakes and mm-hmm. uh, all this other stuff. But like, no, no, look, look. Like, is it is it just a facade of <clears throat> we're caring about the people? Like one little, you know, uh, scrap thrown to people or is it a controlling the, the, the fluoride thing I don't yeah. know I, that's something we should research for another one is the fluoride thing it all goes back to global depopulation man they're just, they're just controlling them yeah well alright going back to these Manchurian candidates yeah alright let's assume that this is legit it's a hundred thousand just fucked up Zombie dudes who've yeah. been deprogrammed and injected with this stuff. We, I, I made that comment tonight. We we're driving back from Gus's, and uh, there's a part of LA that that we take to get over here to the learning annex. Just, I mean, LA literally the most homeless yeah. people in America, right here in our city, over fifty thousand. Oh, really? And I made the comment like, what if some of these, you know, you see the guys that, all right, some homeless people, maybe they're down on their luck, maybe they're alcoholics, drug addicts, others clearly mentally ill like you see some of these guys like, yeah well, that guy can't get a job he can barely walk straight take care of himself what if what if some of these homeless people are are ex montauk project survivors and think about how it sounds like 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 
trauma-induced schizophrenia, mm-hmm. and then they're just dropped off in the middle of the night out of a van after they realize the experiment didn't go well with this yeah. one. And now it's just some dirty guy in a street corner going, that's because that's, they started to put stuff in my brain, and then but then they took the stuff out that I needed to be afraid, and now I'm never afraid. And you're like, that's a real crazy person. What if there's a, what if there's a hint of truth? And yeah, just drop them off. Yeah. Just drop them off. That could happen. Yeah, that could happen anywhere. And of course, these stories sound insane coming out of just a, a, you know a dirty person crawling out from under an underpass. Mm-hmm. So that's a good. That's a strange speculation to see. I wonder if anybody's done some kind of grouping like that to see how many stories correspond amongst homeless people, or like documenting. Oh, wow. Like documenting schizophrenia and seeing how much of the stories actually correspond, like simultaneous thinking, where people have like like a simultaneous thought, where it's like, actually, this guy's story matches with a lot of other stories we've been hearing coming. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. if there's a like a like a population of that. Like, well, I got a lot of homeless people coming in saying crazy things, but they're all saying the same thing. Yeah, maybe there's some. It's so easy to just to this. discount someone's story when you've already prejudged yeah. who they are by their appearance or yeah. their demeanor. Or, yeah, they're mentally ill, but maybe something or someone made them mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Well, we were talking about that tonight, too, off the air. Um, you, you know, Reagan obviously shut down a ton of mental institutions mm-hmm. or asylums in the 80s. Is there a place? I, I know there's homeless shelters now, but like... Where do mentally ill people who cannot take care of themselves and maybe don't have family to take care of them, where, where do they go? I, I think you see it. I think you see it on the streets. I think you see it on Skid Row. I think Obviously, but so there's no, and I'm naive to this, I, but there's no federally funded I'm sure asylums. There are. I'm sure there are, but I'm sure that's one of the least funded aspects of it. Like, oh, we need to spend more money on... Crazy loners and people are going to be no, we're spending money on that. We've we got money to spend on a lot of other things, but not. It's so sad. It's such a bummer, man. And we see it every day here. Like, yeah. I mean, people who aren't from LA or haven't been to LA, I mean, Skid Row is crazy. It's on the map labeled Skid Row. Like, the homeless na- neighborhood has its own name on Google Maps. It is jaw dropping mm-hmm. what's going on down there. It's multiple city blocks. Oh, yeah. Just. I mean, row after row of tents. Yeah, it looks like a third world forts. And uh, geez, I've got I've been down there at night lifting and stuff. Yeah. Oh my god, take a wrong turn mm-hmm. on Seventh Street, and I mean it's literally just zombies just stagger. <laughs> they shoot out all the lights, all the street lights. So at night it's pitch black. Oh really? Oh, it's pitch black down there. I mean it's apocalyptic. It's crazy. I felt, I felt awful one day. Rachel and I were having a fun day and had the doors off the Jeep and the top off the Jeep and everything. And we're driving around down there. And then we drove through Skid Row. And Rachel <laughs> said, like, this horse is like, oh, God, it's like we're on a safari. <laughs> the Jeep driving through. I'm like, look at that. Oh, God, look at that over there. Just gawking at how terrible things are. I'm like, I feel awful now. Yeah. She wasn't saying it like a joke. She was saying, yeah. like, we should get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. People don't. If you don't see it up close and personal, you just it's it just out of sight, yeah. out of mind. You know, man. Remember when we used to just talk about ghosts and chicken? <laughs> cool. All right, I'll light it up real quick Ooh. with a with a lift story. I'll, I'll switch gears real quick. Lift story. I know we're not done think, with this. No, but, I, well, uh, we got part two for this um, one. First of all, I had a guy yesterday just wouldn't stop farting. Well, got a got a got to charge a fart fee or something. I mean, I'm that guy too, dude. So. Just tooting, man. Just me and him. Never acknowledged it. At least make a joke about it. You can't do that. Oh, I would. I mean, I'm smelling it. What am I? What am I? You can, smell blind? <laughs> you done gone smell blind. I do. I, I I have a problem where like I don't think it affects anybody. <laughs> like ah, I I know it because it's me, but nobody else smells it. And then then three days ago. I've been driving a lot of Asians around lately. Uh, not oh, that I have a problem with it. Start, just uh, no starting well. No, just just a lot of <laughs> lot of Asians taking lift like big groups. Um, I drove. Time. Let somebody else get behind the wheel. You know what I'm talking <laughs> hey. about, everybody. I drove eight 
little old Asian ladies. Yeah. There was eight of them. They were all maybe some sort of senior group. Yeah. I don't know. They were all 60-plus. All eight of them had on Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> the Mickey Mouse hat. I'm not making this up. <laughs> I picked them up in downtown Hollywood, and I drove them. To Di- is it Disneyland or Disney World? Disneyland out here. I drove them to Anaheim, Disneyland. Uh, in midday traffic, it's about an hour and 20, hour and 30-minute drive. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's a haul. Nobody spoke English. They spoke <laughs> just enough English to tell me, and I won't mock their accent of their voice, but yeah. <laughs> uh, she told me, um, we finally deciphered that she was trying to articulate, turn stereo, turn, turn music off. We uh-huh. finally turned, she didn't want the radio. And also, uh, this was midday, L.A., early September, still about 85 degrees outside, uh, turn, turn air condition off. <laughs> so no music, no air condition, eight Asian ladies, Mickey Mouse ears, total silence. Nobody was talking. So an hour and 20 minutes, I'm just driving these eight Asian ladies. If you were looking for Manchurian candidates, you found them, man. That's just eight, that's just eight program super spies. It was so they had awkward. The, they had the pineal glands of an 18-year-old assassin. Each one of them, you can't judge the packaging. That's the most, the most covert disguise. Nobody's going to believe like eight Asian ladies... With Mickey Mouse ears, just took over the government. They just took over the state capitol building. Oh, Jesus Christ. Who's, who's going to ne- deny them access to anything? Oh, my God. It was there's a fan, so There's bizarre. an air conditioning thing. In Korea, they believe in fan death. Like, there's no ceiling fans. They think something about the circulating air... When you're when you're uh, when de- you made, de- making a real excited face about that one, yeah, yeah, it's something about circulating the air, like will will like kills you, like takes your breath away. Wow! <clears throat> so that might be. Here's a story, real quick. Which also in Korea they drive motorcycles on the sidewalk, so I can't figure what they're talking about over there. That's re- weird that you brought that up because I haven't thought mm-hmm. about this concept for many years. Have you heard of Bell's palsy? Yeah, it's like uh, half your face. Well, I was takes, a victim takes a break. of Bell's palsy. <laughs> I was 20 years old. I was working at a radio station in Cumming, Georgia. I was a DJ, and it just so happened to be April Fool's Day because the end of this story, we'll learn that I it was the day I met the lady that I lived with for three years mm-hmm. who damn near ruined my life. She's a fucking maniac. <laughs> uh, that's a story for another time. <laughs> 20 years old, <laughs> DJ in Cumming, Georgia, and I, um, my face felt a little weird that day, but I didn't think anything of it, and um, a couple times during the morning, my coworkers would mention, uh, what, 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 why are you winking at me? Ooh, a little twitch. And I go, what are you talking about? And they're like, you just winked at me. And I go, no, I didn't. They're like, yeah, you, you winked. And then also, a few minutes later, I noticed that I was drooling. I started drooling <laughs> out of the right side of my mouth. And uh, as the day went on, it was obvious that something was wrong. The whole right side of my face became yeah. paralyzed. And I went to my boss, made me go to the doctor the next day. And uh, the doctor diagnosed me with Bell's palsy. And yeah. he just said it's a temp- I had a temporary stroke in my face. Yeah. And he asked me, I said, well, what causes this? And he goes, well... Let me ask you this. Do you sleep under a ceiling fan? And at the time I did. And he goes, there you go. So Yeah. He said, sometimes sleeping under a ceiling fan can trigger something, some neurological thing that uh, will, will, sp- will spark. I this Bell's whole positive. episode, you went to some shitty doctors <laughs> in your youth. <laughs> I think, That's what he said. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well. You and all of South Korea yeah. got a real problem with those. That, <clears throat> here's a weird, I don't know what you want to call this. But there's a time, you know, when you're younger and you say stupid things and use the wrong words and we call each other retarded all the time mm-hmm. and would make like the retard, they would, oh, you're retarded. You know, mm-hmm. you do that. You're an idiot and you're 20 and that's what you do. Mm-hmm. We'd all just sit in my buddy's basement <clears throat> uh, and just, just drink 40s and be dickheads all day. That's mm-hmm. all we did. And, uh, Eventually, like, we can't keep saying retard. Like we're saying it so much, like mm-hmm. we start feeling bad. Like come, this got to be better. We got to be adults mm-hmm. here. Let's stop doing that all the time. And uh, if something happened, 
and I was on TV, but my buddy just went like, made like, and we're like, oh, see, you're doing it. You're making fun of him. And he, as he opened his mouth, be like, no, I wasn't making fun. He just drooled all over himself. Like not a plan, nothing. Just like, I'm not thinking. And it just fell onto his shirt and we all froze. Like there might be a Jesus. Like we're like, all of us found God for about a half hour that afternoon. Wow. Because he was just like, I'm not making fun of Britain. So he had a little stroke just right there? Immediately, right? Like, like, like just instant karma. And we're, it was one of those things where like the rest of the day you're like, oh, something, maybe something's something. There's some force. There's some wow. sort of, There's a balance to the universe that doesn't show itself often and maybe not in grand gestures. But once in a while, it'll just tap you on the shoulder. And I was like, oh, okay, we will never say that again. Were you guys under a ceiling fan? No, man. Fuck this feeling. That's stupid. That's what he said. He's a doctor. He's wrong. Yeah. Your doctor's wrong. Yeah. It was weird, though, man. The whole side of right whole side, side of, the of your face. face. You've been sitting in a bathtub eating watermelon, peeing on yourself because that'll guess. trigger it. <laughs> and then while I had the the palsy is when I asked this gal out because she was. We brought her in as part of this April Fool's Day stunt <laughs> to be the secretary, the the, the receptionist, and uh, I asked her out. And even with the confidence of, of you know. So wait, the joke was that you pretended to give her a job? No, the joke was we changed formats. The whole radio station, it was this cool alt-country station. Uh-huh. And on April 1st, we changed to, like, Hot 94.3, playing, okay. like, at the time, like, Britney Spears and Backstreet yeah. Boys. And, and, like, it was such a small station that people would call in. The regulars would call in. And um, we had, like, at the time, we had a normal receptionist who would patch it through to the online, uh, to the on-air. So we brought in a new receptionist yeah. just to prove, like, oh, they even got a different receptionist. I guess they did change formats. Oh, okay. So, but and yeah. You, you just dribbly asked her out? Yeah, I drooled and asked her out. And uh, three years later, she almost ruined my life. So April Fool's was on me. <laughs> that was yeah, the long con. Man, what a. There's, there's an episode. <laughs> All right. Well, at least we brought it, brought it back from the brink of a. Talk about mind home, control. Horrible homeless thing going oh, on. God. Um,. Well, you want to promote that? This will be coming out when? October 4th. You got something you want to promote? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can see what's going on here. It should be October 4th. I'm going to be... Yeah. I just got my special coming out on the fifteenth. If I keep saying that stuff, yeah, man. But I'll, that, we got two more weeks of promoting that. But that'll be out on Comedy Central on Saturday the fifteenth. That's exciting. And uh, yeah, it's a thing. It'll be out there. And you're gonna go sit in the dirt somewhere. Well, get well, get out of this goddamn town, and I don't want to be around any. That's a tradition for you. I try. Well, I've done it tw- a couple times over the last. Didn't make it out of town the last one, but the one before that. Yeah, I just. Get so obsessive about like good people watching it. What are they saying about it? Mm-hmm. And the best thing is just get away from any cell phone reception. Like, nope, I can't even be tempted by it. And I'm just gonna sit and just sit in some silence and uh, have a little, have sip on a little something and just enjoy some nature. There you go. That's what the plan is right now. Cool. I hope so. So, and you'll be driving back from your tour. So you'll just yeah, be, my tour be just ended. So trying to. Uh, Get back to L.A. and oh. get back to normal life. Yeah, well, this is the fourth. Yeah, then in two days on uh, the sixth, on October sixth, new season of Those Who Can't will be out on on uh, the on uh, True TV. Nice. Yeah, so that's happening. Well, that's exciting. Lots of stuff popping off. Cool, buddy. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, comic of the week, real quick. Go for um, it. And again, I always preface this. I feel like people think I'm full of shit, but. Uh, you know, we don't just toss out any old hacks for Comic of the Week. just so happens every week we come up with somebody else. There's people we get to see regularly, yeah. but not a lot of people might know them out in the, outside of the, the world we exist in. One, personally, one of my favorite comedians right now, Hampton Yunt. Y-O-U-N-T, but uh, pronounced Yunt. Hampton Yunt uh, started out in the D.C. area, and he's been out in L.A. for probably five or six years now. 
and uh, just just a monster, just a just a goofy, funny dude. He's got an album out called Bearable. Uh, you can get that on iTunes or wherever you get uh, comedy albums. But uh, check out Hampton Yunt. He's done uh, Conan. Uh, he did a half hour. Uh, just a funny, funny. Oh, he's uh, whatever happened. I don't know if that's currently going on, but he's also uh, the reboot of Mystery Science Theater oh, 3000. Yeah. He's in there with uh, John Ray and yeah. Baron Vaughn and yeah. all those guys. So look up Hampton Yunt. Just an absolute monster. Just, yeah. just a monster. Just a maniac. Just so funny. His act outs, his just always screaming and yelling and flailing around. Just a funny dude. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. And I wanted, to, I wanted to say, uh, get the new album by Arms Aloft because it's great, and uh, I haven't heard a record this good in a while. It's called "What a Time to Barely Be Alive," and they're going to be on that tour that I'm doing with the Falcon in uh, mid-November. Oh, that's so cool. Go check out Arms Aloft. So they're like kind of a punk band. Yeah, yeah, they got kind of that. Kind of that Springsteen type of vibe, like, things suck, but ah, whatever. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah, I like them a bunch. Right on. Well, I don't, I don't feel like we really concluded this. Well, but, um, I think that's why next week. Maybe we'll get into it a little more, but in the meantime, if you guys want to do some research on it, check it out. The Montauk Project, it's just... If you want to go learn the actual facts and yeah. dates, look them up yourself. Look it up. I mean, it's just... Uh, I'll tell you, maybe might be one of the most bizarre topics, personally, that we've covered on the Boogie Monster. Well, and it goes into the, the Franklin conspiracy. It's like, it's, well, we'll address it. All right. Well, Dave Stone, Kyle Kinane, Boogie Monster, look up all the social media bullshit, and we'll see you next time. Go out and kiss and hug each other. The Boogie Monster. The Boogie Monster.